0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. Welcome back to the show that goes deeper to understand what really matters most in business. So I've got to ask you, how many times have you been in conversation with somebody and you wish that they would just, dare I say it, get to the damn point, right? We all can relate to that. Well, you're going to enjoy this one, gang. I've got a guest for you today. His name is Lewis Cheney, and he's the founder of an organization called Get to the Damn Point. Lewis, welcome to Behind the Numbers.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. I can't wait to get to the damn point here with you. But before we jump into that, you've got a great background that really sets the stage for why it's important for folks to get to the damn point. Uh, So why don't you share your background with the audience first just to get things warmed up.
1: What's interesting about the background is the poster you see over my shoulder is actually of the edge of a black hole which is where, when you think about it, when you're in a meeting, that's where a lot of people stand. It feels like at the edge of a black hole. And all that stuff that's swirling around is the stuff that makes you nervous. And if you just get past that and just dive in and get to the damn point, things are better for you.
0: Yeah, now you've got a background in television. Yes, I do. Talking about my literal background, I'm so sorry. No, (laughs) your literal background, my my apologies. That
1: threw me off. Yeah, background is in TV. In the background of TV, I come from working in television news. I've worked in entertainment news. I've worked in commercial production, doing advertising. And I've also done independent film. Told stories with everybody from the homeless to the rich and famous. And I've told tens of thousands of them and trained a lot of journalists and photojournalists in my time.
0: All right. So what inspired you to create an organization with that name Get to the Damn Point?
1: After I had been through so many meetings over the course of my time, as many of us have, I got down one day to looking at somebody on television who was talking about their business, and they spent an inordinate amount of time with ahs and ums and things like that, and i have been through Toastmasters. They had a lot of these filler words. And when I cut it down and realized just how much time they were wasting with those words alone, my first question was, why couldn't they just get to the damn point? Why can't they get rid of this stuff? Why can't you just get where you're going instead of standing up there and reading? So it made me decide... I think I can help people with this because in television, we had a minute and a half to tell a story. Why not teach people how to get to things a little faster than they normally do?
0: Yeah. And we're going to get into how folks can get to that faster than they normally do. But let's just start with why, Lewis. Why why does it matter that folks be more concise and crisp and clear in their communications? I think we all get it, but I want to hear it from you.
1: Here's the thing. If you aren't that way in your meetings, if you aren't that way in whatever it is you're trying to get across, it's a time waster. And that's what it comes down to for me is how much time is wasted by people, which you could be doing other things more productive. You could be getting your job done. It's also going to do so much more for your business. But basically, it's just stop wasting people's time. I don't like my time wasted and I don't want to waste anybody else's time. That's why I think the, the crucial thing to me is the time wasted is why you need to get to the damn point.
0: Yeah, and look, we talk about meetings, right? And that's a great mm-hmm. example of where the big-time suck happens and the black hole over your shoulder. Um, and I think we can all relate to that. But what you're talking about is is more than just in the meeting scenario, right? These are conversations. These could be um, presenting, speaking to an audience, speaking to a family member, for instance.
1: Absolutely. Let me just look at it from you mentioned standing in front of an audience, whether that's an audience In your business, whether you're just having some sort of a conversation with people and you're just having that moment where you're trying to define what it is you need to get done, instead of on and umming and going through a litany of things that trying to describe it, tell them I want to do this. It goes back to, I think, what was it Einstein said? If you can't explain it in simple words and you don't understand it yourself. And I think too many people overcomplicate things. When they start trying to just build onto it and add onto it to make themselves, I don't know, sound better. But yeah, in your communications, I can't tell you the number of times my wife has looked at me and said, stay on topic, honey. So part of this comes from that too, rather than getting off and trailing off to come back to the point.
0: So let's talk about how we can overcome one of the things you just talked about, the filler words. I think everybody Mm -hmm. watching and listening can relate to the idea that they've been At a meeting at a presentation where somebody who is not a regular speaker they're uncomfortable and they're delivering some materials and Every third word is um and you start to lose track of what the real content is like I did and started counting How many times is this person going to say um during the course of this conversation? So for that person that's out there trying to do the presentation and they're not familiar and comfortable How can they get past the use of these filler words?
1: It's incredibly simple. It's a simple three-step process. Stop, drop, and pause. You know that word is coming. You can hear it in your head. When you don't know what it is you want to say or you've lost your place, you fill it up with those ahs and ums, simply stop. Drop that word. Drop that fill word and pause. Pausing does, this, does two things. Pausing allows the people in your audience to catch up with what you're saying and it also allows you the moment to catch back up to what you wanted to say so pausing nobody's going to die when you pause if i take a pause right now a little bit of dead air there but guess what nobody died
0: <laughs> yeah that's fair but i just want to kind of push back just a little bit on that and it sure. sounds so simple to just pause but For the folks who are in that moment they're presenting the adrenaline is running they're they're nervous as heck they're maybe even in a flop sweat and this is just their normal everyday way of we'll call it a coping mechanism essentially how do we get how do they get past that
1: again yet it takes practice first of all you hear it when i tell people about this and they catch on to it as i'm telling them in the conversation how to break this as i'm continuing continuing the conversation oftentimes they will tell me well lewis I said, uh, again. Oh, well, I said, um, again. That's what they'll do to me while we're talking. And one of the tricks I tell them to do is try this. If you can get it out of your everyday speech, it's going to translate into your professional world as well. So when you're driving down the highway, this is going to sound incredibly insane, but I promise you this works. Pretend you're a DJ on some radio station or whatever somewhere. And as you drive by and see a sign, start reading that sign. Today, they've got hamburgers. Those hamburgers are on sale for 25 cents. And do it that way and see if you catch yourself with those ahs and ums. Record yourself. If you're doing a presentation, record it ahead of time. Listen to how you speak and catch it there. But if you do these things and start hearing yourself, it will annoy you, and you'll eventually get rid of them.
0: There you go. And that that's a great advice because I think a lot of folks aren't really doing that kind of deep preparation when they're going to be doing a presentation because they're not doing it regularly. It's kind of a one-off, so why invest the time? Um, I want to talk a little bit about storytelling. And you've got a TED Talk. uh, It's called You Won't Die from Public Speaking, But Your Deal Might. And I thought that was fascinating because uh, most folks do have a fear of public speaking to the point where they actually fear public speaking more than death. And as somebody on this program once said that means that they would rather be in the coffin than delivering the eulogy it's a great TED talk and, and I recommend that the audience definitely check it out but why don't you share a little bit about the, the storytelling aspect of communication and getting to the damn point
1: we are hardwired for storytelling it's one of those things that we don't know why it's just the way that we are if you have somebody tell you a story over data and facts, you're more likely to remember the information. If you think about it and what I talked about in my TED Talk, when you think about that kid who you sit down and you read their bedtime story at night, if you start describing the book and the text and the illustrations and all of that, you've lost your audience. They don't care about the product. They care about the story. And if you think about so many brands now are out there, use storytelling, even have storytellers on staff to help them get their brand across. Storytelling, not everybody can tell a joke, for example, to use humor in the workplace, but you can tell a story. When you're in a meeting and you've got the slides up there, rather than reading what's on the slide, pull up some simple picture, possibly. A picture's worth a thousand words. I come from a background of media, so I come from a background of video. I understand that. But also, take that moment and share a story. Whether that story is something to make them laugh, whether it's something to make them cry, whether it's something to challenge them and make them think, that story is going to stick with them a lot deeper than anything else you're going to throw at them.
0: Yeah, and you're, you're challenging the conventional norms here when you're talking about that. I think everybody's heard that advice, but I'm talking about now the casual presenter that I described before, I the one that's in the flop sweat, umming and umming all the way throughout. They're trying to present facts, figures, data, information, uh, and, and get it done right? That this isn't necessarily something they're going to do all the time. So where does the story necessarily fit in to, we'll call it a more kind of antiseptic uh, type of a program?
1: I think it fits in anywhere. I mean, think about it. When you come home in the afternoon, do you tell somebody facts and figures and data about your day? No. They ask, how's your day? And what do you do? You tell them a story about what happened when you're doing that. And it's a one-off presentation. Even the way I look at it is, even if it's a one-off presentation, If you haven't taken the time to invest in caring about the topic enough to deliver it well, then why should I take the time to listen to you? You want to get my attention. And if you can find a way, instead of saying, okay, we had this graph and this graph of numbers of customers or whatever it is you're going to do, what about if you tell me a story about a customer satisfaction moment? What have you told me about a win with somebody and you told it in a way that made me care? I think that's going to stick with you a lot more than if you just say, well, here's what we have stat-wise.
0: Yep. Lewis, for folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you or how they can work with you, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: Just reach out to me at lewis at gettothedampoint.com, L-E-W-I-S at gettothedampoint.com. Email me. We'll go from there.
0: Great. We're bumping up on a commercial break here, but I want to sneak in one more thing, maybe in like two or three minutes if you can. The the TED Talk, like I said, the title is You Won't Die from Public Speaking, But Your Deal Might. Why don't you explain that part of the message? Why will your deal die from your inability to
1: speak? I'll give you a perfect example of that. I had a company that was looking to hire me just before the market went down. And they were a company that was a multi-billion dollar organization. And I was talking to them and they said that they had gone to a meeting with a client. And this is somebody who takes in millions of dollars in financial stuff for people and they had this meeting and one person in there wasn't trained to speak well they started asking questions of that person and that person alone shot a 10 million dollar deal because you start talking too much part of the trick is knowing when to shut up and that's what a lot of people don't do and knowing how to speak well and present your material well makes a huge difference, and that is a perfect example of how it can cost you on your bottom line.
0: Yep, well said. Lewis, we're gonna take a break here, so you don't go anywhere. Uh, Folks watching and listening, uh, you sit tight, we're gonna pay a few bills, and we'll be right back after this quick break. An old expression in business that you can't manage what you can't measure. Business performance and business valuation, it's all measured by the numbers. But I've learned that the real lessons the tough decisions that are made occur behind the numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. Join me and my guests as we go behind the numbers to understand what really matters most in business.
1: I love that we both got an awesome network and saved money doing it.
0: I know,
1: $25. I love that it's guaranteed for three years. Switch and get Welcome Unlimited for $25 a line. Guaranteed for three years. Verizon.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Iorio. I'm the host of Rainmaker's Roundup right here on RVN TV. The show is about looking for people who are in competitive businesses that are doing something different and unique in the world of sales and marketing. Join me right here on Rainmaker's Roundup on Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. and then again on Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m right here on RVN TV.
1: Oh, okay. it does it. We switched to Liberty Mutual and saved $652. They customize your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. With the money we saved, we thought we'd try electric motorcycles. Careful, babe. Saving was definitely easier.
0: Hey, babe, I think I got it. It's actually-
1: Okay, show off. (laughs) Help! Oh. Only pay for what you need.
0: Liberty, 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 liberty. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking with Lewis Cheney, who's the founder of Get to the Damn Point. Lewis, welcome back for round two here on Behind the Numbers.
1: Let's do it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let, let, let's start off by talking about. Kind of the the overall theme here in getting to the damn point, and that's creating connection. Because Mm -hmm. as I mentioned in the first segment, when you're watching or listening to a presenter and they're doing the filler word things, we're not connecting. So what can the audience do uh, to enhance their ability to make the connection to whoever the listener is?
1: I think for the audience, it's a matter of, of the person up there being able to do it well. I mean, you can have somebody up there that you can try your darndest to, I mean, hang on to every word they're saying, and if they're just not doing it well, it's really hard to do. When you're in that situation, all I can tell you then is look for the tiny nuggets. You might find something they say, jot it down, whatever you have to do, make a note on your phone, whatever it is you do to track that, so at least you can come away with something instead of going, hey, this thing is a total waste. If they throw something out there you might could use, jot it down
0: let's talk about humor humor in the workplace um like you said some folks can carry it some folks can't uh talk a little bit about humor why is it important to try to at least weave some sort of levity into the workplace
1: from your perspective <laughs> let's talk about stress yeah i come from a background man working in television news we were racing the clock every day and covering some of the worst things that, that humanity could do to each other the stress level was high Humor in the workplace in the newsroom was really, really big. And I think it's the case just about anywhere. I mean, there's been studies done. You can look up humor in the workplace all over the web, and you will find tons of stats and research to back this up. I don't want to go into all of that stuff. But you can't, not everybody can tell a joke. Sometimes you've had people in a meeting, tell me if this has ever happened to you, Dave. Somebody pulled up a piece of paper and read a joke to you. (laughs) It's like painful to watch. So not everybody can tell a joke, nor do you need to. But everybody can tell a story. And if you share your stories with other people from the background I come from, and when I get into that side of it, I call it choose the good news. Because you're the producer of your own newscast. You have good and bad stories every day. Pick the ones you want to tell. And if you share the ones that are good, you're going to lift yourself up and other people, especially if it's got humor in it. It makes them laugh or smile because it's a positive feedback loop. If you make somebody laugh or smile, what happens to you? You laugh or smile back. So it's better to have that than to try to run around and be a joke machine. Just share something just small that happened to you, something funny that happened to you. Or tell them a story about something good in your day because it's going to make them feel better and you too.
0: So when in doubt, if you use a little bit of self-deprecation, make fun of yourself, uh, you you may not step in proverbial cow chip.
1: Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) That's what you want to do. Put it this way. It's like that old meme you see. You don't want to tell a joke that has HR saying, tell it to me that's what you don't want to do
0: right exactly so Lewis, we've talked a lot about some great practical tips and, and where things mm-hmm. go wrong and how we can correct them but i want to touch on the roi of what we're talking sure. about here the return on the investment of becoming a more effective speaker and presenter and things that come to my mind include Obviously, connecting is, is going to help to foster better team building. But why don't you share what your experience has been in terms of the results that companies have seen by implementing some of these things that we've talked about here?
1: Think about how much time is just to touch on meetings. Right now, I look this up. I'm the only person that's done the math that I can find. In the United States alone, in a month, 19,040 years worth of time is spent in meetings. I throw that stat at you because it's a staggering number. And I had a lady that I coached who told me, she said, her boss told her, if you go into a meeting, fill the hour. These are ridiculous ways of doing things. The way we're doing things is very antiquated. We need to start changing the way we look at meetings and holding people accountable to get to the damn point, get in and get out, or as I call it, go, go, go. Get on, get over, get out. That's what you want to do. Deliver the message you have to deliver and get out of there. Don't belabor the issue. And I think a lot of people simply don't want to buck the norm or they're just, they can fly by the seat of their pants and go, well, I'll just go in and I'll wing this meeting and whatever. Winging, it's a bad idea. And it hurts your bottom line because that's people sitting in a meeting. You're having to pay for them to be there and then they're not doing their job. That hurts your productivity. Plus, if you're using people getting to the damn point and humor in there, the productivity is going to go up, particularly from the humor side, because think about it. Don't you work better and get more done when you're in a place that you enjoy? So these are all things that I think matter to the bottom line. It can matter to the culture of your company if you employ them.
0: Yeah, for sure. I want to jump back to your TED Talk for a second because I've I've worked with TED Talk coaches uh, and what you've got to do to deliver that kind of a presentation in the fashion that they want it done. Uh, Given your background, Lewis, did you have to learn or relearn how to deliver that
1: presentation? Dude, I practiced that more than I could possibly tell you. That was in my, I was doing it while I'm driving down the road. I was practicing that in the shower. I had tweaked and retweet. And one of the key things I tell people in that is don't sit at your computer and do it. You've got to get off your feet and stand. You got to get off your butt and stand up. Your feet no more. Get up and practice it the same way you would do as if you're in front of people. It gets into your body. You get a rhythm going. And try not to use your notes because that gets it more into your head and into your body. I rehearsed that over and over and over again because once you hit the TED stage, you don't get to use notes and there is no teleprompter. I did 18 minutes straight with none of that. And as a professional speaker, that's another thing I do. I just did a showcase for National Speakers Association of Kentucky, and that was only an eight-and-a-half-minute speech, but I worked and worked and worked and honed, and that's the trick to it. You simply just have to know your material inside and out.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I, I've been through that process, and had to do uh, or got to do um, a a talk for um, a finance conference. So it was a Finex uh, talk. It was kind of a a TEDx style talk. So it was mirrored after that Mm -hmm. whole presentation. And like you said, I must have rehearsed that speech, I don't know, 1,000 times. So anyway, I want to talk about the the sales folks who are in the audience right now. And frankly, everybody's in sales, as my friend Todd Cohen likes to say. we're all trying to represent our, our particular organizations. What's the advice for the sales folks? It, it may be just a little bit different than what we're when we talk about the standard type of presentation, Lewis.
1: Just, I mean, it goes back to connection. I mean, if you walk up and just as a little slide aside here, one of the things I do as well is I'm also a professional mentalist and magician, and I have taught folks how to use a little bit of that to get into people. As a matter of fact, it's on my business card. If you can get into people, with something quick that's common, think about, um, they say elevator pitches. Not elevator pitch, but elevator conversation. When you just meet somebody at, at uh, in an elevator, you meet somebody at a desk somewhere, maybe it's your staff, having fun, just connecting with them and just speaking to them as a human being. Be a human being first. That's going to be crucial to getting into anybody because if you walk in and you have too much of a quote-unquote sales air about you, They're going to sniff it. It's like chum in the water, man, for sharks. They're going to know that you're being maybe not as sincere. And I know this is an overused phrase, and man, I hate to overuse it again, but authenticity matters. Be who you are. Be the person that you are. If you can walk in, laugh and cut up with them or make them smile or compliment them or anything to start making that connection, then you're going to have a much better road getting anything sold.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And as you were saying that, I was running through my head. You're talking about being authentic 100%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lewis, we're getting close to the end here. Uh, For folks who are watching or listening and want to learn more about you or how to figure out how they can get to the damn point, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Give you a couple of ways. One of them is just contact me at lewis at gettothedampoint.com. You can also check check out my website, lewischaney.com. You'll find my speaking materials there.
0: Sounds good. So like I said, we're getting close to the end here, but I want to try and squeeze in as much as I can. So I want to talk to you about speaking in sound bites. Um, they, they're great for podcast guests and, and internet television show guests. Talk about the soundbite. How are they used, we'll call it, in everyday life?
1: Think about quotes. Think about famous quotes. Pick any famous quote in history. Well, all that is is a soundbite. It's something somebody said that, gave you exactly what they needed to say in a very short period of time. And I've had people go, Lewis, that's great if you work in television news, but I don't do that. How do I speak like that? You just have to boil it down to its essentials and be able to speak in 10 to 15 seconds. I'll tell you an example. One of the first sound bites I ever had that was told to me was about something that happened in Evansville, Indiana. It was on the west side of town. It had been an incident where gunshots had been fired. And at the end of it, there's this man standing in front of me. So let me tell you my side of the story. Well, I could say I was surrounded by people who wanted to let me tell him side of this his side of the story. So I'm like, okay, sure. Click. He said, I was sitting in my house just eating my dinner. Somebody came up, throwed a bumper jack through my door. I come running outside with my pistol, and I fired two shots in the ground, and all I saw was elbows and donut holes. Only he didn't say donut holes. <laughs> this man, in 10 seconds, managed to tell you everything that happened. The police officer would probably take a minute and a half. Well, the perpetrators came up and did whatever. This guy just boiled it down to its essentials, man. He just told you what happened. And this guy is not somebody who is a professional speaker. So when you think about what you're going to say, try to boil it down to its essentials and make sure you lose all the filler words and get it in there concisely.
0: Yep, yeah, concise, get to the damn point. Lewis, we're down to about a minute or so here, Uh, maybe a minute and a half, but I want to give you the last word. If you have any tips, advice, hacks for the audience on how they can become better speakers uh, beyond what we've already touched on during the program.
1: You just got to care. You got to care about your audience, man. We're all eating from the same time buffet. I mean, you think about it. You've got that amount of time. We're all sitting there, whether that's a meeting, whether it's a sales call, whether it's on the phone, whatever it is, we're all eating from that time buffet. And the last thing you want to be is the glutton who's eating up everybody's minutes and going back for seconds, as I call it. So just think about that. Be cognizant of that. Consider yourself this way. You look at these programs, you see people do that, and you go, man, this was horrible. Well, don't turn around and be the person doing it to somebody else. You've got to be able to care about your audience and care about people as a person. And that's going to be the key to most everything.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You're talking about making that connection. And I think if you do Mm -hmm. establish that kind of rapport in that authentic way, uh, folks are actually going to be a little more lenient on you, even if you do use a few filler words. So. Lewis, I, we, unfortunately, ran out of time here. Um, it went very quickly here on Behind the Numbers, but I can't thank you enough for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: It's been a pleasure. Today, we've been talking with Lewis Cheney, who's the founder of Get to the Damn Point. And if you are interested in learning more about how you can get to the damn point, definitely check out Lewis. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the one that my clients turn to and they want to know what their most important assets are worth. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Shout out to the production crew here. Always a great job in making this program go smoothly. And thank you to the audience out there watching and listening. We can't do this show without you. We're currently listening to in 74 countries. Listen Notes says we're in the top 3% of all programs globally. So thank you so much. Uh, please crush that subscribe button and stay in touch with all that we're up to. We drop a new show every week on Wednesdays. That's all for today. We will see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care, everybody.